everybody. It is Ian back with another episode of the Clubhouse Chatter Podcast. I am here currently with, of course, Anderson, otherwise known as Jake. So, we've had a very interesting week. Fernando Tatis Jr. out for a while with a pig injury, and that's just a big loss for the baseball world. And then you have a lot of games happening I'm pretty sure some still happening currently as we are filming. I'll get the score updates on those. We got the Yankees beating the Blue Jays currently 3-1 in the bottom of the ninth. Um, the In the bottom of the eighth, the Marlins are currently tied with the Braves. The Brewers are beating the Cubs 6-1 in the bottom of the seventh. The Nationals are currently beating the Cardinals bottom of the seventh 4-2. And Angels are currently beating the Royals bottom of the sixth 4-1, two men on. For the Royals. Um, the Indians are currently tied with the White Sox. Bottom of the sixth. The Tigers are tied 6-0. Or, sorry, not 6 nothing. Tigers being the Asterisks. Or Astros, sorry. 6 nothing in the middle of the sixth. Um, the Athletics are being Diamondbacks 1-0 in bottom of the first. And the Reds and the Giants are tied mid-second uh, at zero. Rays won one nothing, And the Padres won 6-2. Three games have been postponed. Makeup dates for the Phillies and Mets is the 13th. And the makeup date for the Orioles and Mariners is the 13th also. Meanwhile, the Red Sox and the Twins, that's a topic that we can cover. So, I I definitely get why it's been postponed. I mean, it's definitely a mental thing for the players. Every match or game that's been that's supposed to be played today for a Minnesota team will not be played. Jake, what's your take on the subject? Yeah, it makes sense. I don't it's just the game. It's more important I think for like mental and stuff than just playing a game. It's one game they can figure it out at a different point and just reschedule it. I think it's a little bit more important to like keep the mental more in check than play the game. And you don't want to have a risk of something like that happening at the game as well. So I think yeah. it's just safer to not do that. Definitely. So we have we definitely have a few surprises in the MLB standings so far into the season. I have the a, Boston. Yes, I have an update on the White Sox game. It's bases loaded and nobody out with uh, the main man Mercedes for the White Sox, who's been playing great this season, coming up to the plate. We all know you're going to have the White Sox game, bro. But all I'm going to say, though, is going into today, going into today, Mercedes was ranked third in hits with the first two having 17. Um, I don't know the exact names. I don't exactly keep up with the Orioles, but there's this guy in the Orioles playing – I can't talk. Orioles playing really good who has tied for first in the league at 17 hits. Yeah. And then Acuna is in uh, third with 16, and then Mercedes is in fourth with 15, and then behind him is Justin Turner at 14 and fifth. So very good by Acuna. Makes sense why he's up there. Same with Justin Turner. Mercedes, obviously a surprise. And then same with the guy on the Orioles. I don't know exactly his name. I think it's Nick something, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, I think it's Nick Martini. Yeah, I think that's sure. him. That sounds like his name, but I could be wrong. But that sounds like it yeah. would be. So, so I could give you an update on that once that happens. But yeah. right now he's coming up to the plate. Yeah. Also, 
Speaking of Ronald Acuna Jr., um, in the past like two days, we've had Ronald Acuna Jr. see our stories a couple of times. That's pretty cool. Um, also, the American League and the National League, the standings, there are some surprises. The Red Sox are in first at a six and three record. Rays are in second, five and five. Blue Jays are actually having a losing record currently and are in third. And that Yankees also losing record are in are in, in Oh, God. And are in fourth. <laughs> the Orioles have a losing record and are in fifth. And in the Central Division, we have the Indians in the lead of the division, despite starting the season. That... Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I, whatever you said, I couldn't hear before, but now I can hear. Yeah. Hang on a second. Yeah, sorry about that. Just, uh, but I'll continue the rest of the standings if you want me to. I got it. Um, the Royals are in second in the AL Central at four and three record. The Twins are in third at a five and four record. The White Sox are in fourth at a four and five record. Sorry, Jake. And the Tigers are in last at a three and six record, despite starting off the season three and zero. Oh. You have to keep in, in mind. AL- you have to keep in mind with these standings. There were only about a range of like eight to ten games. Some teams even yeah. less. So that's that's why um, these standings might be a little bit weird as the season progresses. Obviously the better team will get towards the top. And I'm not saying the better teams aren't there right now. I'm just saying the best teams in the divisions will be at the top when it actually gets close to playoff time and all that. So right now, some teams that are bad will start off good. Some good teams will start off bad. There's a lot of times where you'll see good teams start off like 1-12 and or 2-12 and and then end up coming and doing good the rest of the season like expected and then uh, make it to the playoffs and – and just do good like they should. So it really doesn't matter right now as much. Obviously, it's good to see you get your team get off to a good start, but I'm just saying yeah. it's it's more of a marathon, not a sprint. Last season was more of a yeah. sprint because it was only 60 games, but now that it's back to 162 like it normally is, it's not as yeah. big of a deal each game. Obviously, but you still want to win, but... Yes, but it's always good to check the stings just to see how the teams are doing and compare them to how they were last week. So in the AL West... We have the Astros, or some people like to call them the Astrorex, um, at six and three and are in first. The Angels at six and three and are in second out to a surprisingly hot start. The Mariners, five and four and third, also out to a surprisingly hot start. Now, this is a shocker. The Oakland Athletics are three and seven are and are really getting off to a slow start. Now, it could be because of the fact that of the teams that they have played. Because most of the teams that they've played this year were all really tough opponents. Like, you had them playing the Astros. Astros. Literally, they played the Astros four times, the Dodgers three times, and then the Astros again three times. So, yeah, definitely not a great uh, starting schedule if you're trying to win some games. Yeah. And now they're currently playing the Diamondbacks. So they finally get a good team that they could beat. 
And then you have the Rangers, who are three and seven and are in dead last, which is expected out of the Rangers. So in the NL East, this is a shocking division. However, Phillies are six and three, Braves are four and five. And I'm reading this off in order of the standings, first to last. Mets are two and three, Miami's two and six. And Washington is still having their losing woes from last season. They are one and five. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, I honestly feel like that World Series title was a fluke. Because all of a sudden, they cannot win to save their lives. I don't know if it's a manager or a player's thing. I don't know what it is, but they just can't win. What's your take? Yeah, I guess something's probably going on in their uh, clubhouse. But the thing is, you have to keep in mind, still early. It's only six games they've played. It's not that many. They can turn it around very easily. So we'll see what they do. They have some good players. They should be able to turn it around. They have good. They have pretty good pitching and overall normally. So they should be able to overturn, like turn this around and be good and get to the top of the standings possibly. But it is a tough division in the NL East because if you look, the Mets have gone a lot better. The Braves made it all the way to the conference championship of the AL or excuse me NLCS, and we're only one game away from making it to the World Series. They blew a three-one lead, and then the Phillies—they're they have Bryce Harper, they have some good players there, so they they could be a good team. Miami, I feel like, might not be that good this year because. They have a lot of young players. I think they're going to need a few more years until they're a real contender. But they still could be a good team, Miami. But I don't think so, especially in this really good division. So I, I think they'll bounce back. Yeah. I don't think they're going to stay down there the, the whole year and finish in last. But you never yeah, know. So, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Now, also, now we have the NL Central where we have the 6-3 and three Reds in first. And then... Milwaukee's five and four. St. Louis is then five and four also, but they are below Milwaukee. Chicago's four and five, and Pittsburgh, like expected, is still sucking at three and seven. Um, in the NL West, we have the Dodgers. Oh, by the way, no offense, or sorry if you're a Pittsburgh fan. I'm sorry for your for having to deal with that team. Yeah, they should have a, f- a good future. They got some good prospects that they should have. Yeah. So. Exactly. But yeah, right now they're probably not going to be too good, but they're rebuilding, so it's yeah. for them to be good. Exactly. They just wanted to start over. That's why they got rid of Josh Bell and everyone else they had pretty much. That was pretty good. But it's just a rebuild, and then you have to hope that you come out of the rebuild yep. good or else and that's a whole waste of doing this because you trade all your talent just to start a rebuild. So you have to hope that once, like, a few years from now, you'll have some of your prospects starting to come up and play well for the team and get out of this rebuild phase and into a competitive phase, obviously, yeah, over the exactly. next few years. So now you have the NL West, and that this division is basically just like expected. Dodgers 8-2, and two, Padres 8-3. and three. San Francisco, surprisingly, has a winning record at 6-3. and three. Cardinals are... Or Cardinals. The Diamondbacks are 4-6. <laughs> and six. And a team that gave away pretty much their whole franchise to the Cardinals is three and seven, the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> Had to get a quick joke in there. Yeah, they still have Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman, but other than that, there's not a ton in Colorado. 
I wouldn't be surprised if you see at the deadline, I know the deadline's not for a while, but at the deadline you see Story or Blackman or possibly both of them both be moved because they're both really good. And this team, just like Pittsburgh, I would say, is probably getting ready for a rebuild. So getting rid of those players, even though they're really good, I think just makes the most sense. You could probably get a lot of prospects for them, especially yeah. if you package deal them. Then you can probably get a ton of prospects. Yeah, so we have a new three to one Yankees win. Now, however, there is a developing walk off. So if we're still going by that point, we might get you guys some free commentary for the Marlins Braves who are in the top of the ninth currently at three and three, tied at three three. Should we do that? Uh I'll just have it up, but I don't we're not gonna do a commentary of it, but I'll I'll put it up so at least I could see what's going on live. Dang, we're not I, wanted, do a whole... I wanted to put my commentary skills to the test I don't here. Think we're not going to do a commentary on a podcast. The point of the podcast is talking about how things are happening, not doing a whole commentary. So, All right. Well, one out, by the way. I I just saw that on ESPN. <laughs> which but, I'm yeah, I'll, I'll have updates on that and the White Sox if it gets close. Cause right now it's still tied, but it's only in the top of seventh. So I'm not going to give updates. Oh, wow. Okay. So, but if that starts, like, if it's still like this in the ninth and it gets close to maybe a walk-off and we're still on the podcast, I'll consider maybe do, uh, talking about it. But for now, yeah, it's oh, just We close. can both do the commentary at that point then. And also, if someone takes – if the lead changes, then maybe I'll also consider it as yeah. well. I will say controversial call in that Phillies game last night, bro. That, that was really controversial. I do not think his foot touched the plate at all. Yeah, that's a close play. Obviously, it's a judgment call, and when you're an umpire, I can't blame him there. It's hard to tell, so I can't blame him there. But my guess would be he didn't touch the plate. But you got it's kind of hard to tell sometimes, so I'm yeah. not mad at the call now. But I would say that. It's hard to make the call as an umpire when the catcher's in the way and you're trying to see if the guy touched the plate or not. So I would say yeah. it's not a bad job by the umpire, even though I don't think he touched the plate. Still not a bad job. And also, there could be a camera angle that we just don't have where you could easily tell that he did touch the plate or something yeah. because the MLB has more camera angles than we do. So that's why when you're watching replays or they're reviewing something and they'll overturn it, you're like, oh, how will it get overturned? But sometimes they have more angles than us, so they can see like every split second and stuff as well and have better angles of play. So sometimes it gets overturned and it doesn't make sense. It could just be they have more angles than you have as the viewer. So Same. we have two things of news. Texas Rangers pitcher Jonathan Hernandez undergoes ligament reconstruction surgery. And after missing two and a half seasons because of a pair of elbow operations, Oh, hang on. That's a different player. Whoopsie. Yeah, nothing's really yeah. going on right now in the Braves game, but I will give you updates if anything happens because it's tied. So yeah. you if also someone have... takes a lead or something, I'll give you an update. Yeah. You also have Matt Bush, who's going to be out in that Rangers bullpen until at least July. And after, and this that man's been missing two and a half seasons because of a pair of elbow operations. And he was put on the 10-day injured list Friday with elbow inflammation after three appearances. And Hernandez had a breakout year in last year when he was 5-1 and one 
with a 2.9 ERA in 27 appearances in the 60-game season. He had 31 strikeouts and eight walks in 31 innings, and he was relying on a sinker at the average nearly 98 miles an hour. And he was shut down midway through spring training with what the team called a ligament sprain, and he decided to have Tommy John surgery after a follow-up at follow-up MRI last week. Now you also have a big loss in the Angels or, or, oh God, organization as they lost their third baseman, Anthony Rendon, with a groin to the 10-day injury list. He was hurt while making a throw late in a 15-1 loss to Toronto on Saturday. The Angels made the roster move retroactive to Monday. And Angels manager Joe Madden said Rendon could be sidelined for the minimum 10 days. Not good news for Angels fans, especially when you keep in mind Dexter Fowler is out for the season. So just more injuries for them. Not very good. You also have to keep in mind that he's starting his second season with the Angels after signing a $245 million seven-year contract. And he had his first home run of the season on Saturday and is batting 290 with three RBIs this early in the season. So he's definitely a big help to this Angels offense. Yeah, it's just to help he come back healthy and he's not out for too long, but just see how that goes with Rendon. Yeah. And the Cubs have placed three relievers on the um, you-know-what list. I don't know if we're going to get copyrighted strike or, sorry, like strike down for saying it. So probably won't say that. (laughs) But you guys know what that list as Jason Adam, Brandon Workman, and Dan Winkler won't be in Milwaukee when the team opens a series against the Brewers on Monday. But if there are any symptoms that pop up or things don't that don't look right now, that don't look right, we're both we're being extra cautious right now. Manager David Ross said Monday afternoon. Yeah, so definitely not good for the Cubs. Yeah, it's obviously not good to see people be put on that, but it's just going to be a reality for this season and then maybe next season, depending on how it's looking next season. But we'll have to see how it is then. But do in fact have a score change though. But last season yeah. and last season and this season, that's just going to be a re- reality. That list you're just going to have to deal yeah. with it. It's just just part of it. It's how it is in all sports leagues. NHL and NBA also have those lists, and players get yeah. put on it. So, so we do have a score change. Nationals up 5-2, and bases loaded in the top of the eighth with no outs. And also, the Reds are now up 2-0 in the bottom of the third. Nobody on, nobody out. And I also have an update in Atlanta that's going to be going to the bottom of the ninth. Still 3-3, so walk-off is still possible with just the one run scored in that game. All right. But it's currently the mid of the ninth, but we'll have to see if they can win it in the bottom of the ninth. All right. Let me know when that game is back, and I will. We will start commentating. We're not going to commentate the game on the podcast. I'll just let you know if something happens, like hits or anything like that. All right, because we got to talk about news. Well, I don't see any other news. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just games now. That's it. We're just pretty much carving out the night. But because most of the games will be done very soon, it, it's everything like top of except top for of except for in like the West. Yeah, except for the Athletics and Reds games, those don't really matter right now. Those those will be fine. 
we'll, we'll get stories up later about those. But we're, we're carving out the night with everything else. So, But yeah, for the White Sox, Dallas Keiko got uh, told about an hour and a half around about before game time for the White Sox today that who's going to be pitching because Rendon was scratched because he had a uh, stomach issue, like a stomach bug. So Rendon is a pitcher and he's not a pitcher for the White Sox. Yeah, what Rendon. Or not Anthony Rendon. Sorry. I, I might be saying it wrong. That's <laughs> how you spell it. Carlo, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Carlos Rendon. I could be wrong. Okay. You should have said Carlos Rendon, not Anthony Rendon. I didn't say Anthony. I said Rendon. Yeah, but when you say Rendon. I well, I was saying White Sox pitcher, Anthony. but okay. Yeah, Carlos Rendon. The pitcher. Yeah. Damn. But yeah, he got scratched about an hour yeah. and a half before the game with a stomach. Uh, Bug. He was trying to. He was getting ready to try to play through it, but I guess it was too much and he didn't want to. So Keiko got told about an hour and a half before the game that he's going to be starting against the Indians today. So probably surprise for him because normally if you're a starter, you're prepared and you're like, all right, the day before, you make sure you're all ready. You normally get some update before you actually start pitching, but not for him today. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, there, there's not really much other news, so pretty much we're just rounding out the night with games, so... Yeah, we'll probably... could we commentate. We'll probably um, finish out this Marlins game, except we go do tons of extras, and then maybe some of the other games in the 8th, and then that'll probably be it. And then maybe... And a hit-by-pitch on the first pitch of the at-bat by the Marlins pitcher... So now the winning run is on first. That completely just got away from it and, and hit the guy in the knee. Not a good start for the Marlins. Yeah, definitely not. Seems like it. That slider or curveball that completely went nowhere even close to where it was supposed to be. It just hit the guy in the knee and bounced off and just went like all the way up. So I don't think that's where it was intended to be. So now the winning run on first and nobody out. And Jackson's at the plate for the Braves, who is their seven hitter. And it hits him, too. Two hit by pitch in a row. All right, I think this guy's going to get pulled after the third batter if they haven't won yet. This guy's just, he he has no control. Two pitches, and he's hit two guys in the knee. He also... I mean, he does have at least some control to be able to hit two guys. In and you don't want to be doing that when you're in the bottom of the ninth and they can have a walk-off and you're putting runners on first I know. and second. I'm just joking around here. First and second with nobody out now. Now all they need is a base hit and they probably nah, win. I know. I'm just joking. I know. I'm just saying. So. If they get a base hit, they probably win now. The Marlins manager's yeah, coming out, so I guess maybe they're looking to see if he has, like, an injury because normally you wouldn't just hit two players back-to-back with two pitches in this situation. So I think the manager yeah, might be coming out have the game up. to look for an injury possibly, because otherwise if there's no injury, um, you can't take him out. Because- it's definitely not an injury. I think it's just nerves. But also, it could I'm be. just going to say. Because it's pretty, it's pretty weird that he would have both pitches right after each other to hit the guy in the knee in the same spot. I mean, hey, at least he I mean, hey, at least he has accuracy to hit a guy to hit two guys in the knee twice. That, that's just, just put that accuracy in the instruction and then boom, you're good. But I guess they just the managers want to go out to talk to him and calm him down. Yeah. And have someone so in the bullpen warming up. So if yeah. he has another Yimmy bad Garcia. So I'm I'm assuming if he has another bad like 
at that or bad pitching here and the game is not won yet is it just like bases loaded or something they'll bring him in because the rule is you have to have yeah. three batters that's the rule otherwise i feel like they might have taken him out already but because of that rule they can't they have to let him pitch to at least this last guy here so ender Ciarte is 0 for 2 with a sack bunt in the seventh as he tries to bunt there that's foul so no one count we're not commenting the game right now because fine, fine. this is news this is not a it's fun though i love commentating you know that yeah, but that's not the point of the podcast, though. I know. Well, technically, our point is to give news <laughs> and score and updates. <laughs> Another bun attempt. Wow. Well, I guess we could basically not commentate really, but talk like we normally would for a baseball game. So. Like I, we're both watching a baseball game. So I guess this guy is some control now because he hasn't hit him on the last two pitches. So exactly, that's good to Although see. Although it could be because of the fact that he knows that those guys aren't swinging away. Got a pinch runner for Atlanta. Yeah, number twenty-five just sprinting. Yeah. You gotta get, you gotta get the legs, you gotta get the legs warmed up because he's gonna yeah. need to rush Just like right in the center field. Because obviously you might as well get your fastest player out there as a lead runner at yeah. second because there's nobody exactly. out and you're all you need is that run to come home and you win. So you might well. Yeah, basically all you really need is two deep fly balls and then boom. Or just it. a single. Because a single should be enough. Yeah, a single especially, or two deep fly balls and then especially boom, if they're bringing someone out, that probably means he's another bunt and that's an out. So the possibility of two deep fly balls are not possible now. I don't see why they were bunting with two strikes there, but I think that was just the guy's decision. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the point of that because at least if you swing, you can maybe get contact and get like a ground ball that can move the guy up and move them to second and third if it's not a double play ball. All right, I guess so not. Ihar Adrianza. Pinch hitting for the pitcher because the pitcher they're not gonna have the pitcher come hit. Yeah, also hitting five hundred on the year. That's not well. How many plate appearances does he have? He might only have like two. I have no idea. All I know is that he has three RBIs and one home run. Also, which in two at bats is pretty. Well, yeah, I don't know if he has two at bats. I'm not one hundred percent sure about that one. I was just saying, if it's five hundred and it's only in two at bats, it's not really that. I like, yeah, it's good, but one for two is like whatever. It's okay, but not sustained uh, consistency. I don't know why it's... that would hit another guy in the in the knee if the guy was over there. I don't know why this guy is like throwing, not getting any control because, or the manager hasn't taken him out because he's gonna bring up the leadoff hitter and have bases yeah. loaded with one out. And the guy's already on first for the double play, so it wouldn't make sense to watch. That's really cool. That's really cool that the Braves have a 44 in center field. Swing, and it's going to oh, go in front of out. Two outs. And two away. We might have extras. And before we go to extras, if needed, what's your opinion on the extras rule? I love it. I'm not a big fan of it. And Acuna is coming up for the uh, Braves as the leadoff hitter. 
And yeah, I think here come the Marlins to take out the pitcher. I was going to say, don't wait. I love it when it helps the Rays. I hate it when it I was going to say, I wouldn't leave out that pitcher against Acuna. And I think that's what the Marlins are realizing. That pitcher's been not great control. So he's probably coming out, I'm guessing. A double switch, it looks like. But we'll see what he does. But on the extra inning rule, I'm not a big fan of it because, like, maybe, like, once it gets to, like, the like 12th or 13th because by then it's like you don't want games going on forever and going like to the 17th 18th 16th like obviously you don't want going that much by the way but the thing is i think that that what they should have the rule is that for the 10th 11th and maybe 12th you have it as normal extras like it used to be where you just come up to the plate nobody's on base and then once it gets to like the 12th or 13th then you can have that rule where a runner goes on second just so that it doesn't have the game going forever because you're not going to want that. But I just don't think that having it right from the start of extras is really a good idea. I I don't like that idea. I'm not a fan of it. But I do like the universal DH that they did do last year. I I do like that because, yeah, I guess it's like for the pitchers, it's more strategy and stuff for the managers to have to do like a double switch or whatever. But I, I just don't think there's a point of having the pitchers hit like, because I think you might as well have another hitter because it makes the game more exciting. You have another good hitter. And then AL teams and NL teams can both uh, try to find DH hitters for their teams. Because right now for the AL, you kind of need a DH hitter because you're playing mostly with a DH. But when you're an NL team, you don't necessarily need a like designated hitter, just like a designated guy to be that DH for your team. Like, for example, the Twins, they're DH is Nelson Cruz, and that's pretty much all he does. He doesn't really play in the field. So that's why I think for, like, an NL team, if they had someone like Nelson Cruz, for example, it, since he doesn't really play in the field, they wouldn't have much options with him because there's not that many games they have DH. So that's why I think they should do universal DH. But that's just my opinion on that. Yeah, by the way, I was joking about the Rays thing. I, I just like the rule because it makes the game more exciting. Yeah, I get that, but I don't think that's I, – I don't like that because it's a runner on second in scoring position, and all you have to do is get a base hit, and then you take a run. And I know the other team could do it as well. The other reason I also don't like that is keep in mind the runner that is determined on second is the last out from the inning of your team, which means, like, let's say your team – like, one team – like, let's say the Braves and Marlins are playing on – and I don't know – if this is going to go to extras, but let's just say the Braves have like their fastest player gets to is the last out, and then the Marlins have their slowest, and then the Marlins have their slowest, and the Braves have their fastest on second. Like, I don't think that's necessarily fair because now you might have to pinch run for that second runner for that. Runner on Guess the what? That's actually kind of ironic that you say that because Ronald Acuna is the Braves' fastest I know, I was player. Just thinking of two teams, and since that game was on, that's why I said those two teams, but. The reason why I don't like that is because then someone might have to think about, oh, now I got to use my pinch runner. But then the other team, they have their fastest, so there's no point in them using their pinch runner. So it's like they're wasting another player doing that. So I'm not a big fan of that rule, but we'll see what they decide to do with that rule. Because I feel like they're going to revisit that rule consideration for next season and then also the rule about the extra innings because a lot of people are split on that. Some people like it, some don't. So that I think will get revisited. I I just like it because it makes. And it then more Universal DH I feel like has a really good possibility of coming back next year. 
but we'll see what they decide to do. Did they just do a double steal now? He just wanted to make sure he stayed at second. And that he wasn't yeah. too far off the bag. That was the point of the catcher looking to throw to second. Because you can't do a double steal when the runners are on second and third because he said you want to steal home, I guess. But that's probably not a good idea with two outs with the winning run. But I guess technically you could try to steal home. Or, yeah, it yeah. could be a double steal. Excuse me, because it's first and second. I forgot. So it is first and second. So technically, yeah, it could have been a double steal. I didn't. I forgot that's first and second, not second and third. So my bad on that. So it doesn't really make sense. But yeah, I guess it does make sense to walk Acuna because he is a really good hitter. But then you're just loading the bases, and I don't know if that's really a great idea. Put pressure on yourself like that. So I'd say preferably you probably don't walk Acuna, but if you do, it's not the end of the world, I would say. Because the speed of Acuna is not going to really matter because he's going to be the guy on first. So it's not going to really matter how fast he is. It's the guy that's on second who's going to matter who would move up to third. Now, if Acuna Acuna is swinging for the fences... He just wants to get it deep because if he can get it deep by that outfielder, then it's over. Obviously, you can't have it as a, a fly ball because it's two outs and that would end it. But you just want to get it deep past that fielder and it's fine or out of the ballpark and you're good. You just can't let the fielder. Or even a measly well, yeah, single, single could. Because you got that runner. That might be the third out if it's a pop-up. Oh, high fly ball. Crowd. Can it go foul? Will oh, it? that was will a big ricochet. Yes, oh, will. and into a glove. Hey, that was a nice ricochet catch. Hey. The crowd. <laughs> <laughs> a lot less catches this year since yeah. it's limited capacity, except for in Texas. But a lot less, like, and a lot more you know ricochets like that because there's not as many fans to catch the baseball when it's hit foul. Except for in Texas because they have 100% capacity. So. But everywhere else around the league is not quite at 100% capacity yet. I don't know if we're going to see that around the league this season. Really depends on how it goes with everything. But. I don't know if we'll see it. Yeah. Maybe by playoffs, I would say maybe everywhere, but I I don't know, because each each city, each state, oh, they all have their own different things. They like restrictions, so yeah, I think I'm it would be pretty say, rare to see it, every it, ballpark this year at all, hundred percent. Yeah, I will say, at some point in the season, probably very soon, the Rangers ain't gonna have full capacity, well, not because of COVID. Well, yeah, because no. of their. They're, they're not that good, so. Exactly. But it, it, you never know. Maybe you'll get some fans that, like, live in a like live in a city near there because Texas is a big state or just. Okay, so they're going to be. The or you have basically. a city or you have a, a person that lives in a city that they don't really like the team and they like the Rangers. Then it would be easier to get tickets, obviously, because it's full capacity. So there's more availability. Oh, they walked to Cunha, which I'm not really surprised. I was, I didn't really think that was a horrible idea. It wasn't intentional. Don't even say I'm Yeah, I know it wasn't it intentional, wasn't but I'm saying a good play by the catcher. Because if that gets by him, that's the winning run right there. That was a great play. No, because the guy was at second. Well, he, you never know. He could run home. It depends on how far it gets by him. That would have only gone to the backstop and then would have bounced back. I saw the angle. 
Oh, I bring it up Ozzy Albies. Uh, I'm getting ready to Ozzy is 0 for 2 today, though, which and has two sack flies as well. So he's so he's had four I'm play just gonna say I'm he's ready only to had two that count because sack flies don't count as a play appearance for you. So you can't walk Ozzy Literally, or hit Ozzy because if you do that, then the game's over. Oh, I see Charlie Morton, I think, in the bullpen. Well, Charlie Morton is on the Braves now. So that would make sense. But yeah. Because normally the pitchers are there the whole game. Sometimes if you're a starter starting pitcher the next day and it's like a day game, maybe you'll leave early. But otherwise they normally stay the whole game. Yeah. Pretty rare they leave. Because the reason why is because they're the starter and they want to be able to get all their rest and all that. Because they only play once every five games. So they want to make sure they have all their rest, all their proper like stuff they would want to do they don't want to get home late and have to go to sleep not get as much sleep as they want or whatever so that's why they would leave earlier sometimes if it's like a night then day if it's normally a day day or night night they normally won't like if it's one night and then another night or a day and then another day they normally won't but sometimes they do this thing extras we're ending it and then it's an o2 count for ozzy so he gotta be careful it's probably not going to be in the zone. Inside, you're right. Because if, nice with an count. 0-2 count with bases low, two outs, it makes no sense to throw it in the strike zone. I would say here you probably don't throw a ball, uh, pitch over the plate either because it's just 2-2. Because it's a 1-2 count now. I don't think you throw this over the plate either. Because you don't want to give him a chance, obviously. The guy's at third. All he needs is a hit. So I don't think you yeah. throw this over the plate. I think you have to throw this off the plate. Maybe not that he's far. Right off again, the plate, like because he's not gonna swing at that. But I guess yeah, off the yeah, plate, but yeah. <laughs> not that much. I could see him going one more time off wow. the plate, but it does put you in a three-two if you do that, and then you rest the walk. So I don't know if you do that, but we'll see what he does. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see another pitch off the plate, trying to get him chase and get the third strike and get to the tenth. But I don't know if he would chase. Depends on how close it would be if he throws it off the plate. I like that pitch right there, slightly off the plate. That was barely Probably off the, the plate. You got to swing plate, it back. Yeah. That's too close because you could call that strike three, depending on the umpire. You so you have to swing yeah. at that. I like that pitch by Garcia right there. All right, time to check the scores around the league. See if there's any more games that have finished. While this but I do like that uh, pitch by Garcia. That's a perfect placement because the guy pretty much has to swing. If he doesn't, that could be strike three, and you can't end the game on a sh- or end the inning on a strike three like that when you have the winning run on third. Cubs starting to uh, come back a tiny bit. They are now down by three, top of the ninth, one out. And another good pitch by Garcia. Another good pitch by Garcia. A little bit up in the zone, but he still swings. Cause you got to keep it alive. Cause you can't can't let that final strike. So. The Angels just had a big seventh inning, getting three Otani runs. Otani could have been part of that. To take a I don't know because I'm not watching the game, but Otani could have been part of that. Otani yeah, Otani's really good for hitting wise and pitching. He was pretty good as well yeah. in his uh, one pitching. Nationals same score in the top of the ninth. So Otani could be really good at playing as a Indians, pitcher same. and hitter for the Angels. Very true. Oh, there's a grounder. It could have get no, through. No, it not. Not, and we have extras. Good job by Garcia we and the Marlins. And... The, the first pitcher made it a little bit scary for the Marlins, putting runners on first and second with consecutive hit to hit, hit, 
hitting batter pitchers or hitting batters, which put two runners on base, second and first, and all they needed was a single. So great job by the Marlins getting out of that. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for this episode. We will see you all in the